Welcome, everyone, to the Opinionated Podcast. Here we are for your UFC 251 review. Now, I know the, the UFC 251 was posted late. Yeah, I hear that. But, you know, you still here for analysis. And, hey, I'm busy. I got things to do, all right? But here we are with the 251 review with Jay. And, again, our special guest, our, our five-star guest, <laughs> Chief Wiggum. <laughs> What's up, man? Happy to be here. Uh, you don't sound very happy. <laughs> <laughs> this is my happy voice. Uh huh. And and how how many glasses are you in so far? Uh, two, two. I tried to make it three, but I was only able to get two down. I told you five. It had to be five. They were big pores. I will say that. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. All right. Now, looking back on. UFC 251, their their fake fight island. They're not real Mortal Kombat. I mean, let's let, let's get down to the fights and break down the analysis. So for the first fight of the main card, we had Amanda Rebus versus Paige Van Zant. Rebus took out Van Zant with a round one submission. It was an arm bar. It was pretty quick. Dana White says she got smoked in the first round. Uh, it, <laughs> it looks like it spelled the end of uh, Van Zant's career in the UFC. Let let let's talk about it, gentlemen. So, yeah, no, no surprise there. Um, like I said, Paige Van Sant was more of an Instagram star than she was a UFC star. And that's, that's, that's no comment on her. I mean, it was just – it was more so the UFC pushing her as a, as a product as opposed to what she really was in her ranking. Um, she got a lot of main event shows and a lot of headlining shows because of her, uh, you know, social media stardom that really wasn't warranted by her performances in the UFC so now that she was at the tail end of her career, they pretty much used her to push Amanda Rebiz, you know, who did a phenomenal job, pretty much went in there and, and dominated thoroughly uh, and uh, did what she was supposed to do. Um, Amanda Rebiz, great showing, Brazilian black belt, uh, had that on bar locked in, sealed in pretty tight and, and, and made her tap. Um, so there was no surprise there. She was, the, she, I think, the biggest betting favorite on the card. Yeah. And, uh, and Heavily. came through. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I'm a, I'm a, I've become a fan of of Rebus ever since she beat Mackenzie Dern. I know, I know Dern was just coming back from having a baby, and she was, I think she came down in weight because she's usually at 125. But uh, Rebus looked good; she was faster, and, and Mackenzie Dern is a, a world class black belt. So you know, she she won the, uh, you know, she's won a few world jujitsu tournaments, and so I thought that was that was pretty impressive. She couldn't get the fight to the ground, and Rebus just you know, picked her apart. And so I, I didn't know much about Paige Van Zant to be honest, but uh, that was pretty embarrassing. So I, th- I think she is, I think she is on her way out. So for those that you didn't know, she was the highest favorite. So if you bet money on her, I mean, you didn't win anything, but I mean, <laughs> just watching the fight, like I, I know you guys have seen fights, college, high school, just running around in the streets. Don't you, I just felt bad for Paige Van Zandt. Like you always feel bad for the cute girl getting beat up on getting hit in the face like oh i'm, I'm sorry i'm, I'm gonna take rebus over her as far as the cute oh area. yeah yeah personality wise rebus by far she, <laughs> she's she seems really authentic really like a really genuine nice person yeah all smiles and, and her post-fight interview couldn't have been better yeah i mean how would you have felt you know just watching your fiance just get smoked in the first round like that because i mean she's she's engaged to something to a fighter isn't she uh van zant 
I believe they're married. Oh, okay. I, I don't remember. Well, all I, know, I know his name is Mr. Paige Van Sant. Oh, so. no. <laughs> that, that's what they call him. Oh, okay. um, but, you know, it, it's just we'll see where she lands. You know, uh, I don't wish ill will on anybody. And, you know, the best of luck to her wherever she goes. But it did sound pretty, uh, pretty stiff that Dana White was not looking to re-sign her in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So what's next for, for Rebus? Rebus asked for a high-ranked fighter. Uh, Paige is top 15. I would say I'm thinking either a Michelle Watterson or a Tisha Torres would be next for her. Okay, Michelle Watterson would be good because I think she's she's top 10, right? Yes. <clears throat> Yeah, I would love to see her. I mean, I know she's not there yet, but I would love to see her versus Tatiana Suarez, um, you know, in, in a couple fights maybe. I'd like to see that more down the line as a number one contender fight. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see them both each get one or two wins under their belts and then maybe face each other as a number one contender fight for the title. Uh, like I said, uh, I think a Tisha Torres or uh, a Michelle Watterson fight. Um, would be good. Another marketable. You could put that on any main card. Definitely. Uh, the undercard of a main event easily. Um, but yeah, I, I think she pretty much sealed herself as she's guaranteed a spot either on a main card of, of a, a fight night or a pay-per-view. Yeah, I agree. So you guys would agree two more notable wins against top opponents should get her a title shot. Do you guys agree about that? I've been close yeah. to it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Well, what was that, Gabe? No, I was just agreeing. Yeah. Okay. Easily. Two two wins, two solid wins, uh, in the same fashion that she's been progressing. Definite title shot. Okay. All right. So this this brings us to the next fight on the card, which was probably the one I was looking forward to the most until Masvidal came into was Rose Namahunes against Jessica Andrade. The rematch. After the last fight, Rose got dropped on her head, slammed on her head, and lost the belt. She took some time off. She looked completely focused again. She comes in and beats Andrade with the decision through three rounds, which looks like worked for her uh, this time around. Uh, let, let What do you guys think about that one? So I think this fight, more than anything, showed that the first fight wasn't so much a fluke. Um, I thought that uh, the fight was pretty game. Uh, Rose did pretty well, uh, thoroughly did well in the first round. And the second round, she started off great and then started to tail off towards the end. And then the third round was just Andrade. She she was landing her power shots. Uh, she seemed to figure out Rose a little bit. And I, I think it showed that even though she lost, that Andrade is still a top, top five fighter in that weight class and still a hard out. But this makes me very excited for a Rose title fight. Um, I think a title fight against the, the champion would be a great back and forth stand up match. I don't think, I don't see this fight going to the ground at all. Even though Rose has the skills, I think she'll, she'll stand up and mix it up. And I'd love to see the two of them go out of it. Um, I know Joanna came off of a, a very nearsighted split decision loss. And I thought that I personally thought that Joanna won the fight, but I'd still like to see a little bit, a time off in between before Joanna gets another title shot. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought that Jessica looked much better as far as her head movement. 
Uh, I think the commentators had, had made a comment that she had been working with something as far as just head movement. She looked she looked like a harder target to hit. I thought Rose was more dominant in the first fight that she lost than she was in this one. And I, you know, I agree with Gabe. I think she took the first round. First round, uh, second round was 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 mixed. I'd still give it to Rose. And then in the third round, I thought Rose kind of just hung on. Uh, she took a lot of damage, and yeah, her her face was looking pretty nasty there. So I thought, um, I thought if it if this was a a five round fight with the trajectory of the way the fight was going, I thought Jessica Andrade probably would have knocked her out. Oh yeah, I don't know about you two, but I was. Completely worried in that third round. Andrade, <laughs> all her her uppercuts were just connecting and just hurting her. Like it was, it was getting scary. Like I was like, oh no, like just just make it out of the third, just make it out because those uppercuts were just devastating her. I thought in the first fight, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but to me in the first fight, Rose just looked. Not saying not to take away from her performance from this fight, but she just looked so much cleaner with her striking in the in the first fight and that's that's not to say she did worse in this one but it it was just it was just a clear difference i i thought it was a it was a good fight i you know as far as striking goes rose is just on a complete another level but man those those uppercuts and then the way she came looking out uh, i was i was worried i was worried yeah no i hear you but w- watch that first fight and then watch how, how watch jessica andrage <clears throat> her movement and then watch the watch the second fight. I don't I don't think Rose is any different of a striker. I think Jessica Andrade just gave her different looks, to be honest, and that's why she wasn't, uh, you know, she didn't look as dominant as she did in that first round. I thought that the I meant first fight. That first fight, uh, it was just beautiful. I had never I had never seen a female fighter look that that good in that weight class. So, yeah, I'm gonna 100 agree with you that I think Rose is, the, you know, the same, maybe slightly better, but Andrade showed huge uh, leaps and bounds in improving her game and how she uh, was able to do, you know, do the head movement and avoid punches in this fight. Um, But, you know, in the end, Rose won, regardless of how that third fight, that that third run went. So now Rose versus Wele, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think that's pretty much set up. Um, Other than that, there's no other top contenders. Andrade was another top contender, but she needed this win to, to get it. Um, they could go with the Joanna rematch, but I think both those fighters that I mean that may be that hands down the best women's fight I've ever seen and hands down top three best fight I've ever seen. Yeah, but I think good. they they both need time off before they go into another war like that. Right. How about Jessica versus Joanna? Uh, that'd be another rematch. Um, mm. There's not much. It, it, it would just be to see if how Andrade improved. Uh, I thought Joanna won all five rounds and I think there were scorecards where she did win all five rounds. So, I mean, it, that's just up to the UFC if they want to do that. But when somebody thoroughly wins that, that distinctively, I don't necessarily see what's the point of a rematch. It's different if it's a close fight or even if it's a lucky shot knockout. Right. Um, But when you're dominated for five rounds, like Joanna did her, there's not much really to, to discuss. Yeah, I agree. So I wanted to make a point about this. I know they they mentioned in the broadcast that Andras is just it's just like is hard to put down, and I kind of felt like that was a knock against they were making against Rose's power, and they talked about how um, Zing Whaley that's how you say her name right yeah how they how she put Andras down in the first round, noting her power, 
But I mean, you know, look at Rose. Rose put down Joanna, and Wayle didn't put down Joanna. So I, I don't, I don't really see that as too comparable. What do you guys think? So this is what we call MMA math, and it doesn't ever work out. Right, right. I was gonna say that. <laughs> it's just certain fighters have a certain advantage over other fighters that other fighters don't and you you can never count on mma math and that's why they say that's why we make the matches to see how the fight goes and not to mention there's always just like right punch lands right spot right time knocks the knocks the fighter down um you know they, they throw that punch another hundred times and it won't knock the person down so i never i never put too much stock into that type of that type of analysis to be honest but you know rose rose did put joanna down re- rather easily so that was that was nice to see yeah, and you have things that there's so many outside factors. Uh, Joanna talked about her nutrition and her weight cut for that first fight with Rose. And then the second time she said there was no nutrition or weight cut issues, which you saw that she never got knocked down in that second fight. Um, then you have the fact that, you know, Joanna talked about, you know, breaking off her engagement and all those outside issues, which obviously she didn't have for the Lee Wang fight, which you, you see the difference in her fighting ability then. So there's just, there's just too many factors to, that's why MMA math just doesn't work. Yeah. Could we just say fighting math? Cause we'd say the same goes for boxing, right? Yeah. Yeah. We can say fighting math. There we go. And you can never discount that. that or or uh, sports math. Button, you know, huh? it work, it, sports math. It works the same in the NFL and the NBA, you know, one team beats another and then that team loses to another team that that t- first team beat. It's like, oh, you, you can't make that type of analysis and say, Hey, you know, the Ravens beat the Niners and then the Niners lost to the Cardinals who beat the Ravens. It just, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. That's what we call any given Sunday, brother, any given Sunday. <laughs> Yeah. All right, let's go to the next one. This was for the bantamweight title that was vacated by, I mean, can we say King Sejudo? You guys like that one? <laughs> I mean, because he's calling for it again. But it yeah, was, well, I, well, I just want to know how did Aldo get in there in the first place, to be honest? Ooh. His name. That's that's pretty much it, his name. Okay. That, that's okay. all. They wanted a name in, in the recrowning of the new champion for that weight class, and he was the biggest name in there. Okay, I mean it was a good fight, but I I was just wondering, like, man, how how did he get in there? You know, as I was looking at everything, I'm like, dude, he was like what, ranked number six, I think. Yep, uh, with one loss in the in the his own lone fight in the weight division. Yeah, that was interesting, but it it was a good fight. I thought I think Peter Yan is a beast. Uh, the podcast before you called it, so yeah, I don't. I, there was really no surprises there. I actually thought Yan would knock him out in the you know first three rounds. Yeah, first and foremost, uh, thoroughly impressed with uh, Jose Aldo. He looked strong. He looked sharp. And uh, there were a few. I thought he won at least two of the first four rounds mm-hmm. uh, with his with his striking. But as we saw, he could not sustain sustain it through five rounds. He ended up taking more and more damage as the, the fight progressed. Pedriana, I thought, did a, a great job adjusting. And uh, he was he initially took the, the leg kicks – but then when he switched stances and, and Aldo wasn't able to land those leg kicks, it changed the, the fight. It was one less thing for him to worry about. And then he was able to land the bigger, harder strikes. Uh, I mean, I, I need to see Jan's ab workout because he must have took about a right? dozen to 20 right? body shots right in the kidney. Ripping those right body the shots, man. Oh, it hurt every time I watched it. And he never flinched. And he never looked like he was in any trouble from any of those body shots. We've seen... Jose Aldo put people down with those body shots and it, it never affected Jan through that entire fight. 
He's Russian. Uh, very impressed. Very impressed. I mean, yeah. But <laughs> he must do sit-ups in the ice yeah. for all I know. <laughs> but, yeah, what what happened, you know, was pretty much what I expected. Jan is the new champion, and I cannot wait to see my boy Aljermaine Sterling go against Peter Jan. Um, in that fight, I will take Aljo by submission. Second round. Calling it now, months in advance. Wait a minute. You you think he gets the shot over uh, Marlon? Yeah, I do. Uh, I think Marlon just hasn't looked impressive since his Algermain Sterling win. Uh, I think Jan needs a or uh, Marlon needs another win. Um, I think um, Marlon's already calling out Cody Garbrandt and hoping to fight in September. So I think he knows he's not getting the title shot. Okay. Okay. Man, I was I was over I was overly impressed with Jose Aldo uh, through the what through three rounds. I mean, especially in that second round. Uh, I talked about last time how he just looked so unimpressive. His last fight, he just looked he looked gun shy, didn't want to pull the trigger, and he really surprised me coming out in this. Unfortunately, like like it, like you guys said, like Gabriel said, he just couldn't sustain it. And I don't know about you, I thought Mario. If he dies, he dies. Yamasaki was in there refing that one because he was <laughs> not trying to call that fight. He, he was, right, right. <laughs> that went on way too long. I was like, I was like in okay, one was... sense, in one sense, I appreciate it. You know, with with title fights, and you know, Aldo was changing positions. You know, he was he he was taking some shots, but he changed positions, switch it up, switch it up, kick off the cage, things of that nature. Every every time he would get punched in the face, like eight or nine times, he would change positions. So, um, you know, and I, I appreciate them seeing like, hey, does he have anything left before you stop it? I, I certainly don't want to see another uh, Henry Cejudo and um, Dominic Cruz situation. Yeah, um, but I think I think that the sport has evolved to where they need to change the way they they what what the uh, smart defense is, you know, because he Aldo was basically just taking punches until the ref said do something and then he would roll and then he would continue to take another 10 to 15 yeah, punches yeah. and then roll. That's not smart defense. That is not protecting yourself. The ref obviously should have stepped in way earlier than that. Uh, I understand championship fight. I understand a legend of the sport right. and wanting to give him every opportunity. But in the end, you have to think about further down the line, like what is Aldo really going to do if he's able to get out of this and get back to his feet? Right. Yeah, he's done. He he was he was out of gas. So, but you but what was more interesting to me is you think Sterling would beat Jan? Yeah, I think Aljo's ground game is extremely impressive. His submission game is top notch. I think he's gotten bigger and stronger, but still able to make this weight easily. So, and he has an awkward awkward style of uh, striking. He he's long, he's rangy, he's quick in and quick out. I think he he poses a lot of problems for Jan. Um, I love Jan. He's, he's a great fighter, but this division is pretty stacked. At the top, I don't I, I don't see him making more than one defense. I, I think he'll lose to all uh, Algermain. I think this is going to be one of the divisions where possibly a title change every title defense. Yeah, I think last time I saw Sterling, he he submitted somebody, right? I think it was um, uh, Sandhagen or, or something like that. Who was on fire and a great fighter. And he went in there and made it look like child's play. Yeah, that was easy. He went in there. That was super easy. Just, I mean, it was like two minutes of work and he was never in any danger. And he just got the submission and called it a day. and walked. It was like a walk-off home run. Right. So, yeah, that'd be a good fight. I, I'd love it. 
I love it. But yeah, Peter Jan uh, beat Aldo. I, I agree. I thought Aldo looked a lot better than I, I had seen him. I think the biggest knock was, hey, he's not going to let the hands go. And like you said, he was ripping those body shots. So um, let's see. Let's see Aldo if he wants to continue to fight in some great three round fights. Yeah, there you go. Is Aldo just going to be the Frank Mir of the division? I think he'll be the name that you need to be in order to go on to uh, a top number one contender slash title shot. There it is, the gatekeeper. There, that's what it was. Anybody want a title shot in the heavyweight? You got to beat Frank Mir. Then boom, title that's shot. That's right. There you go. <laughs> All right. So that let's move on to our co-main event. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. A rematch for the belt. Uh, a, a, a robbery. Let me just say that right now. A robbery. Take it away. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, you know, I, I am. I was very upset with this fight just because I thought Max Holloway. I thought it was literally the inverse of what happened the first time. I thought Max Holloway won the first three rounds. I thought Volkanovski took the last two. Now people keep arguing with me about significant strikes and saying, "Hey, look, look, Volkanovski outstruck this guy. Man, he's throwing leg kicks." Which all which Holloway was like, hey man, just keep kicking me in the leg. I'm still gonna come for you. So we're exchanging leg kicks, and all uh, Holloway was hitting him with some leg kicks back, but he was also, you know, throwing some nice shots in there. He knocked him down a few times. I just thought in general he hurt him more than vice versa. And so those takedowns Volkanovski got, I, I, you know, Holloway popped right back up. I don't know how you you score those too heavily. I would not say it was a robbery because I think a robbery that would be equivalent to like giving Jorge Masvidal, Masvidal the, the win over Usman. That would certainly be a robbery, like an egregious misjudgment. But uh, it was a, certainly a close fight. I just think the judges got it wrong. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. These people that are outraged about it, even Max himself said, you know, it's the, in the judges' hands, and he he's less upset about it than other people. But I thought Max won the first three rounds. Thought Volsonowski won the, the last two rounds. I think the biggest distinction is the first two rounds that Max won were so dominant yeah, compared yeah. to the last two rounds of Volkanovski won. Yeah. The big swing round is the third. I thought Max did. This comes down to judging issues. You know, what do we rank more? Yeah, Volkanovski landed more punches. Max landed the better punches. It, yeah. It's up to you on what you think is better. I don't count takedowns unless you do something with a takedown. To me, then it's nothing. You know, it's right. just killing time. If I take you down, but yet... I don't stay in a position of advantage for a significant amount of time. I don't get submissions off from that takedown. I don't get strikes off from that takedown that do damage. Then that takedown shouldn't count. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, what was most disheartening to me is when I, as they revealed the judges scorecards, everyone gave Volkanovski the, the third round. I was like, are you guys, are you kidding me? And then they gave a few of them gave Max Holloway the fifth round. No, no. One of them gave Holloway the fifth round. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. One one judge gave them the fifth round because that's that's how we got the split decision. Yeah, but um, I was just like, man, that's crazy. Like I thought it was for sure. Obviously, he won the first two. I thought Volkanovski won four and five, and then the third was kind of questionable. But I still would have gave it to Holloway. And then, like you said, he won the first two in such dominant fashion. In my opinion, I was like, man, Volkanovski got to get a knockout here because he's down. So. You know, I, I will give credit to Volkanovski for making the adjustment. The way those first two rounds and part of the third round went, it looked like all five rounds were going to go that way. Right. But he did make the adjustment. He did win the last two rounds. That's major props to him. And at the end of the day, you know, there's not much we can do about a judge's decision. Um, the issue is on 
Should there be a 10-point must system like boxing? Should judges switch to score who you thought won the fight overall, regardless of the individual rounds? Should there be more judges? You know, right. should there be five judges instead of three? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think social media was ablaze. I think even Dana White was like, hey, this wasn't good. I saw Justin Gage. He said hey, zero cents. You know, you had Mark Ingram, which is AJ's boy, talking about Max getting robbed. You had you had everybody commenting like, hey, something's going on here. And I, I tend to favor like when most of the fighters are saying something outside of the people who are in Volkanovski's camp, like, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, Dan Hooker and uh, Adesanya. Right. Outside of them, most people were saying, yeah, it looks like Holloway won. And I tend to say like if most fighters are saying that, it, it's probably the judges got it wrong. I think even just changing the fact that if judges can watch the fight on a monitor like we do, that would change the fight. Because remember, judges only get one section of the ring that they get to view the fight from. Oh, that's a really good to point. See, that's a really good They point. don't get to see the furthest angle like we do where we're, you know, a couple rows back and we can see a lot more of everything. Um, I think that those things should be taken into account and in changing the judging system. Just something to make this better. Yeah, that's a very good point. What do you think, AJ? Robbery, son. Robbery. Semantics. <laughs> all right? Semantics. Because now I will say- it's, it's difficult to give Max Holloway, regardless of how, fight that, how close that fight was, another title shot after he's already lost twice to the same person. I know Dana said it, it's hard not to give him one, but it's also hard to justify one. You know, I mean, who wants to see Daniel Cormier fight John Jones again after he got beat twice? You know, he got especially he got smoked the second one. It doesn't make sense. You know, I don't want to see Big Boy crying in the ring in the octagon again. I, but... I'd see it, <laughs> but it 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 sucked. I mean, what 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 does Michael Lombardi say, Gabriel? He says, "Hey, if everybody in the bars, you know, yelling that the call went one way, most of the time, I mean, they're always right, right?" That's it, one hundred percent. Uh, I think the big issue is is what's next for each fighter. 145 is stacked, and yeah. 155 is even more stacked. So where does that leave Max? Hey, he is under 30. He does have a lot of future left. He still looks absolutely phenomenal in there in the ring. But where does he go from here? Would you guys want to see him continue? But he's beaten everybody. <laughs> he's beaten contenders, you know, two through ten already. Or would you rather see him go up a weight division and – Try his hand at 155. Uh, he he has he has nothing for 155, so I think he should stay exactly where he's at. Hope Volkanovski loses and then uh, get another shot at that title because he goes to 155. I don't really see him beating anybody. He's certainly not beating Conor McGregor. We already saw how that went. I know it was early. Uh, he's not beating Dustin Poirier. We saw how that went. He's not beating just Justin Gaging, and he is certainly a hundred percent not beating Khabib he would have nothing for Khabib so he he definitely does not want to go up with those monsters he wants to stay where his skinny self is and try to get that title again yeah I mean I'm gonna have to agree with Jamin I I think if he goes up to 155 I think he could do well and beat a lot of the the middle guys to the bottom guys but with those top guys uh, I don't know if he'd be able to do it you know we already saw what happened with Poirier Poirier so it's hard to really have that confidence in him to really compete in that division. Now, I mean, it just seems like if he stays where he's at, he's going to have to go through the rankings again, beat a couple guys and get a title shot. And, you know, hopefully Volkanovsky loses or, you know, he gets that third round bout. But, I mean, you guys know it's it's not a sexy headliner to see 
two guys fight again and one has lost twice already. I forgot about um about uh Tony Ferguson. Yeah, he's not beating Tony Ferguson either. So I I, I see if he goes up, I just see a gridlock at that top the top five spot. So Yeah, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. I don't I, I don't I love Max now, but I don't picture him meeting any of those guys. Uh as far as the one forty five division you know, I think Volkanovski just has to sit back and, and kind of chill out for a second. Um, we have Korean Zombie going against Brian Ortega. That will be such a great they, fight. I can't wait for that to be made. They have a lot of bad blood. Yeah. Uh, Brian Ortega wanted to act, you know, all crazy when the Korean Zombie walked away. And I know. A, <laughs> a, a, a Korean boy band singer. Yeah. You know, very brave of him. Uh, Qatar, who just won uh, this last weekend, was calling out Volkanovski, but I don't think he's quite ready no. and deserving of a title shot. But give him I Max. I would love to see. Yeah. You know, you could give him Max, but I, I don't even think he's ready for a Max type level. I would rather see him fight a EIR, Rodriguez, uh, who hasn't fought in over a year. You know, what's, he, he's coming off of that phenomenal, crazy Korean zombie back fist, back elbow win. Um, so I think that that would be a great fight for Qatar. And then seeing how those fights play out will determine if who Volkanovski goes against next. Yeah. Is, and, uh, is, is Frankie Edgar still still there? He is. Uh, he was supposed to have a fight coming up on Fight Island, I think, next week or the week after. But I know his opponent tested positive for uh, COVID-19. Uh, so I have no uh, no idea what's what's going down. And Frankie Edgar was going to be making his one thirty five debut. Okay, okay. Which where he which is nuts because that's where he should have been fighting his whole career, and the guys just being guys that you know became the world champion at one fifty five. <laughs> yeah, I I like uh, Calvin Cater though. I, after I saw him at this last fight night on Wednesday, I was like, man, this guy he he's tough. He's tough. I'd like to see him get some other uh, quality opponents. I think he can go get the Korean zombie. He can get Ortega or he can get EIR who are the, the three of the four people in front of him. Um, I, I think Max is still one fight away for him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, obviously he is one to two wins away from a title shot. How about Zabit? Or Zabit? Zabit isn't, you know, Zabit against AR. That's the dream fight that everybody has been wanting that, you know, hasn't happened. And then uh, he's after that he's kind of just stuck. Um, Qatar did fight Zabib. Uh, that was one of those where Zabib faded in the in the very last yeah. round. And, and yeah. if, if it had gone five rounds, you really feel like Zabib would have won that fight. Uh, but that's an ongoing issue with uh, uh, Zabib. So who knows what? Uh, I, I, we haven't heard anything from him. So who knows when he's going to be fighting next? Right. Just so. If any of you thought it it sounded really familiar when Gabriel was talking about just scoring a fight by itself and not the rounds, that used to be the the scoring system from Pride Fighting. If any of you guys remember that, I don't remember. No, I don't know anything about Pride. Oh man, honest. you missed out. Oh, Pride, the testosterone filled, steroid filled <laughs> peak of MMA. There, nothing better. <laughs> Nothing but ten minute, ten minute rounds. Oh dang! You go, you go until someone quits. Uh, or until someone judges, dies. Yeah, judges just score it. Um, you know, whoever you thought won the fight overall, not necessarily who won each round. 
and the most absent-minded drug testing you've ever heard of. <laughs> it it was, hey, pee in this cup, walk down the hall, and just set it on the table with no one watching you. <laughs> <laughs> they gave you a list of 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 the supplements that we, they were going to test. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, <laughs> you just had to go take one that wasn't on That's the list. That's hilarious. That is too funny. Hey, what, what, what about um uh, last last question on on Holloway? What about Holloway and Hooker? You think he can he can uh, give Hooker a run? I do. I do too. Yeah, I think so. I think he'd he'd give Hooker a good. That'd be a good fight. Yeah, yeah. So let, let let's move on to the main event. What made this card even more interesting? As you all know, Burns tested positive for the Rona. And in stepped in Masvidal. He he exited earlier because of the contract dispute. And now when he came back to the table, he said he didn't get exactly the number he was looking for, but he got it really close. Coming in, back to the fight with Usman. Usman won a five-round decision. What did you guys think? So I had called it. I thought that uh, Usman was going to do what he did. I think uh, Masvidal won the first round, and that was about it. I think after Usman kind of mixed it up with him standing up, and you know Masvidal won that first round, he decided that okay, I I, I saw how that's going to go, and that's going to be the end of that. Um, Usman, you know, or uh, Masvidal does have a decent ground game. I think it's more so a defensive ground game. Uh, he can keep from taking significant damage while he's on the ground but he doesn't necessarily have the skills to get back to his feet and put the fight back in the standing mode. We saw that in, in previous fights against other wrestlers and other Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys. So when this happened, I, you know, Usman just did what he had to do. You know, the, the UFC is built in such a way where you get paid for your wins, not necessarily how you get those wins. So Usman knows if he doesn't keep this belt, he's not going to continue to get the pay that he's at. So he got went out there and got the W, the easiest and you know best way that he knew how, and that was to continually take him down, and, and just maintain the dominant position for the for rounds two through four. Yeah, you know, I I was a little surprised by how awful Kamaro Usman's stand up game looked. Um, I, I saw him against Colby Covington, and I was like, man, this guy this guy can throw some hands. Um, you know, that was, that was impressive. Now, I don't know if Masvidal is just that much better of a striker than, than Covington, but, uh, the hand speed difference was so evident in that first round. I was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is crazy. And I agree with you. So Usman tried to mix it up a little bit on the feet and was like, oh yeah, no way. Um, I know this guy doesn't have a, he hasn't had a full training camp. You know, I know he's been preparing for me for a while, but he probably doesn't have the same gas tank. I can lean on him, put all my weight on him, drain his energy, and then not have to worry about that power you know, in the third, fourth, and fifth. And I think that's kind of what you saw. I thought, you know, Masvidal just did not have much, much left. He, he was throwing really sloppily in that fourth and fifth. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, it was boring. It was boring. Yeah. You asked what we think. I thought it was, I, I thought it was very boring. So, um, but it's, it is what Kamaro Usman uh, does. And so I figured that would be the case. I just, I had some different illusions because that, that Covington fight was so exciting, you know? AJ, what do you think? Hey, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you, it, it was absolutely a boring fight, and everybody's raining <laughs> down on Usman talking about how he's such a boring fighter. But I mean, that that's the name of the game. The name of the game is to win, not to uh, make it entertaining. As as long as you get your W and keep going, that's what it is. That's 
something that most fight fans understand and they just have to deal with. But I knew Usman wasn't going to stand up with Masvidal like he did with Covington. Um, had he done that, oh, Masvidal would have would have ran away with it. I, I definitely had Masvidal winning the first one. I thought he stole the second one as well. While Usman was doing a lot of work in the second one, he wasn't really doing anything to run away with the round. And the way Masvidal ended the round, I thought he stole that round. But, I mean, it is what it is. Masvidal lost. He, he, uh, he did enough defense not to get I guess dom- he had enough defense not to really get dominated and, you know, poor Usman kind of had his way with him, but he couldn't do much. I mean, you all saw it. He, he kind of ran out of the tank, but, man. It, it, it he sucks. was getting his toes stomped on. His toes were getting stomped yeah. on. You know what I can't stand is every time somebody throws a shoulder from the clinch or having or leaning on somebody up against the cage – Everybody wants to say, oh, Conor McGregor, oh, Conor McGregor, because he did it for the first time against Cerrone, as if John Jones hadn't been doing it for the last, what, six, seven years? Like, everybody's acting like it's brand new. Oh, McGregor. Did you see, see John Jones's tweet? Yeah, yeah. He was like, it looks like me out there. He was doing Jones things. He was stomping toes. He was throwing shoulders into the into the face. We're getting boring decision wins. <laughs> you know what it is you got you got to come away with those w's you know so i mean i don't think the whole blame sh- you know i i understand the fight was was boring the most but you there was there were plenty of times that masvidal could have gone for broke and he didn't so yeah. we ha- we also have that this is your title shot i mean you, you threw it all up in the air against ben Askren, and you didn't do that here there there were a couple of times where you really could have just emptied the tank and just go for broke and he didn't so they remember there are two fighters in there and not everyone can just put the blame on Usman for making not the most appealing fight to watch. Yeah. You think, you think, um, you think Usman beats Burns? So I think Burns is a much better matchup for Usman. Absolutely. Than Masvidal is. I think his Brazilian black belt, his age, his skill level, all of those things make it a much more difficult fight for Usman. But on the other hand, I think, Masvidal is a way tougher fight for Burns than Usman is. So I think it's this weird merry-go-round that we may see go on for a little bit. Uh, Burns getting the title shot if he wins, defending against Masvidal, and, you know, that could be a crazy fight. Uh, and then him having to defend against, you know, Usman all the way around. I think this is going to be a nice little merry-go-round that we have going. That's a good point. He was suspended for 180 days, uh, Usman. So uh, I, w- I would like to see... I would like to see uh, Burns versus Edwards uh, to see who's going to fight Usman. You know, you... Yeah, I mean, Leon Edwards is kind of out there stuck in the cold waiting to see what's going to happen. Uh, great fighter, uh, great backstory, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of really likable things, but uh, he hasn't, he's not able to book a fight. Yeah, and he did get three-pieced backstage by Masvidal, so he might want to run that back. There we go. I just wanted to see Masvidal give him the soda. You know, he gave him the three-piece. <laughs> Man, so so are, are Masvidal's hands that fast? The dude just looks faster than everybody else. Yeah, you, you brought up the point that you expected a lot more out of Usman, but I think that says a lot more about Masvidal's boxing skills and, and how he's just kind of a level above where uh, Kobe and Usman are. And that was very apparent in that first round. Yeah. Do you, oh, how about, how about Masvidal versus Covington or Covington? So right now, uh, from what the last press conference with Dana White is, that fight is supposed to be with Woodley. Um, 
Kobe Covington has made it publicly known that he, he signed his contract. Dana White confirmed through the media that Kobe Covington has signed his contract. They're trying to make the fight for the end of August, but Woodley says he wants a little more time. So we'll see. Dana White's doing that. Let me public, publicly bash you to put pressure on you to sign this fight because now you know everybody's on Woodley's Instagram page calling him out for not signing the fight. Yeah, Woodley does not look the same, man. Honestly, I think if anybody should go up and wait, it might want to be him because, you know, versus Usman and Burns, he just looked awful. So I, I don't, I don't like what a what a Covington fight has in store for him. But this is where we get into the issue about uh, weight classes. Woodley's not a tall guy; he is very stocky and possibly the best built guy in in all of MMA. But he would it, that would put him in a weight class with the other best built guy in the MMA. Uh, Paula Costa, yes. So, do you see how significant the size difference would be between the two? I mean, Paula Costa walks around at 230, 220, yeah, and cuts down to 185. Woodley probably is around 200, 205, and cuts down to 170. It's just such a massive 15 pound weight jump because they don't have the smaller weight classes like a boxing does, right? That's true. Yeah, I think Woodley's just in an awkward position, and at the end of the day, you know. You can't pay attention to what these people or Dana White says. You only know yourself. And if you're not ready to take a fight, and especially based on the humiliation of losing to a Colby Covington, um, then you don't. Yeah, I think Dana White, you know, he's obviously a big Trump fan. Covington's a big Trump fan. So he was just doing that whole, hey, Covington signed the contract to, you know, back his back his uh, Trump boy. So I think the fight to make is Leon against Masvidal. With that bad blood, that would be huge buildup. Great, great fight on paper, you know, and I'm sure it would produce in the ring. And then give Gilbert Burns the title shot like he originally had. So have Burns wait for Usman to be ready? Yep. Uh, So when it comes to those suspensions, those suspensions are only for the athletic commission that sanctioned those fights. So if, say, they went to Nevada and he took a, you know, quote-unquote physical from the uh, Nevada Athletic Commission, then – they say he's okay. They don't have to follow the regulations that are over here in Abu Dhabi. Okay. So they could just clear, they could clear him whenever it's, it's state by state. So when everything's normal in America and we don't have COVID, most of the States will follow what New York and California does. Cause those are the number one and number two when it comes to athletic commissions. But theoretically, if you didn't, if they, if Nevada said you had a six month suspension, due to whatever, you could just go to another state and they could license you because each state licenses each each individual fighter separately. Man, you dropping that knowledge. I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> That's why they say, you know, it, it, it can be a very shady sport. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, gentlemen. That wraps up UFC 251. Let, let, let's look ahead just a little bit. I know there's not too much going on that would excite a large majority of people, I would say, but you know, let, let's take a look for the listeners. So we just had UFC Fight Night 172, with the main event was uh, Calvin Catter, who beat Dan Ige, uh five round decision, and the co-main event, which was Tim Elliott defeating Ryan Benoit Benoit decision, uh, three round decision. You guys got anything on those? Uh, happy for Tim Elliott. Uh, he had lost three or four in a row. Um, very competitive fights that he had lost, but, you know, he, he had still lost. 
he's just one of those scrappy, awkward guys. Uh, very likable. Uh, he had the the mullet for a while, so you know, just happy to see him get a win. Uh, Calvin Qatar, like I said, has just been on a roll. I think this was his fourth or fifth fight in a year. Yeah. So he is just a a, a massive workhorse and really, really putting his name out there. Yeah, Calvin Calvin Qatar was was very impressive, and Dan Inge is is one of my favorite fighters. But yeah, he he just he did look he looked like he was out of his league. And I think Calvin Qatar had the better gas tank because it was a five round fight. They're not used to uh, Inge is not used to a five round fight. So, um, yeah, what was interesting I thought is in the first round it looked like Qatar had maybe rebroken his nose. Uh, it was it was looking pretty nasty, and then he he didn't have any problems with it two through five. So uh, I don't know what the corner people did, but he was looking fine. Yeah, shout out to the cornerman on that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. And then next is UFC fight night with say Gabe. <laughs> uh, for for Miga. For Miga, which is not spelled like that at all, versus Benavides for their second fight. And then the yeah. co-main is Jack Hermanson versus Kevin uh, Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah, so, yeah, I think the people's fight is the the Hermanson Gastelum fight. I think this is going to be a make or break fight for both fighters. Um, like I said, Gastelum extremely impressive against Adesanya, probably Adesanya, easily Adesanya's toughest fight of his entire career. Uh, both fight of the year, fantastic fight, especially considering the card it was on and the Holloway Poirier fight that was before it to outdo that fight. Right. And, and still be fight of the year. Extremely impressive. Uh, but in his recent fights, you know, Darren Till, uh, uh, Chris Weidman, these, these aren't impressive fights that Gaslam's had. So I, you know, beating an aging, aging short notice, Michael Bisping, none of this is impressive. Um, I need to see something out of him or, you know, the division is going to pass him by. Yeah, I agree. He, that, that fight with, with, um, uh, Adesanya was, was an amazing, amazing fight. And, uh, yeah, ever since then, it just seems like he hasn't been the same. So maybe that was a big letdown, not getting that title. So I don't know. Especially that loss against Chris Weidman, because that's the more Chris Weidman continues to lose these fights especially by knockout, it looks even worse for Gaslam. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, going to the main event, uh, I I mean, every single fighter says this. There's no nicer guy than Benavides. Every single uh, MMA writer says the same thing. Such a likable guy. Been in the MMA uh, you know, scene for a very long time. One of the first you know, guys to fight at this weight division. In two, one of those guys, two... I mean, he was supposed to be the champion. They they built the division. They made it for him. He had the original title shot against uh, DJ and lost the split decision. And then that was pretty much it. He had one more title shot after that against DJ and, you know, gets knocked out in the first round. He's beaten Henry Cejudo. He's beaten pretty much everybody uh, in this weight division except the times that he's come up for the title shot. So, you know, I'm, I'm you know, pulling for him. And hopefully he wins, but Formiga is a huge guy. I mean, we, we saw it in the first fight where Formiga didn't make weight. The size disadvantage w- was a big thing, and he, there was an accidental headbutt, which really threw uh, Benavidez off, causing 
causing this giant cut and which eventually led to the knockout in the second round. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that that blood was flowing pretty profusely in that in that first fight with the headbutt. And um yeah, like you said, I think that that truly played a part in the knockout and I think anybody who's going to be objective would have to say that. Um but yeah, I, I don't see Benavidez winning. I could be wrong, but yeah, he he's a smaller guy. He does not have the reach and uh he's an older guy. So I just I, I don't see it. Yeah, I'm I'm going to agree with you on that. I would really love to see him win. I think it would cement a Hall of Fame career in the UFC, but I just don't see it. I think the size disadvantage, the age disadvantage, and we don't know. I mean, that knockout could be, at his age, could be the thing that sets him over the edge where now his chin is more susceptible to being being knocked out. Right. Now, this, this is not a title fight, right? This is the title fight. This is for the vacant... Uh, 125. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. And it's official. Both fighters made weight this week. So it's 100% official. Nice. That's that's tomorrow. The main card starts at five. Yep. All right. Uh You going to be watching AJ? Of course. You know, staying home, quarantining. Got got (laughs) a point which we didn't bring up, which should be noted for all fights in on quote unquote fight island. Uh, these fighters are fighting at, at four, five, six, seven a.m. Mm-hmm. So always keep that in mind when you're enjoying the fights at home in the evening after your day of work. These guys are waking up at one, two in the morning to to prep to fight at four, five, six a.m. That's a very good point. You pay me that, I'll wake up that that early too. I mean, you know, you give me that money. Uh, I, I told you I think last time I was like, if I was hospital, I wouldn't woke up till like eight o'clock in the morning. All right, let me stretch a little bit. Time to fight. <laughs> but all right, guys, closing thoughts. Uh, I'm actually, uh, I'm excited for for tomorrow. But uh, the biggest thing for me is trying to figure out if Khabib is going to fight after his dad passed. Uh, excited for the UFC to sign uh the new clothing agreement with venom i I enjoy their their clothing i think they're gonna have a better much better idea since they already sponsor multiple fighters bjj fighters uh muay thai fighters boxing you know they they they've been in this world for a very long time i think their their look is very appealing Uh, i think they'll be able to do a lot of great things my only issue is once again fighters have no say in any of the negotiations or how much they're going to get so you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Well, Gabe, okay, real quick, what what do you think? Is is uh Khabib gonna gonna fight Gagey in September or is he gonna take the year off? I think he's gonna fight in September. Oh really? I, I I think he's gonna I think he's upset, but I think he's gonna do this one for his dad. And is he gonna W or L? I think he's gonna win. Dang, okay. That'd be that'd be a great story. Uh real quick. Uh, Gabriel, why don't you drop that that piece you were telling me about earlier that Luke Thomas dropped? Uh, so um, the Nevada Athletic Commission had just passed a ruling saying that uh, purses for fighters will no longer be made public. Uh, Yeah, so it it it, it's always posted because their pay is public. Um, What they got for the fight when. Law, you know, win-win bonus, you know, show bonus, uh, or just what their straight pay was. 
um, there is no, they said it was giving the other fighters a competitive advantage, which I would like for somebody to sit down and explain to me <laughs> how knowing what another fighter makes gives them a competitive advantage That's BS. in any way. Um, I think it's more just BS, like you said, uh, on what's going on. Um, what I do, what I do think it does is it makes it harder for you to negotiate your fight. As you see with all the other major sports, NBA, NFL, MLB, uh, their salaries are very public. You know, uh, we just saw Patrick Mahomes sign a giant 10 year contract for $503 million. And that sets the bar for the next upcoming, you know, quarterback at that position. Like, Hey, this is what he got. The salary cap's going up. I need to be paid this much. And that's how, that's how it continues to make it a fair market. You now the fighters could say what they make, but they're not obligated to. And we've, we've seen obviously that they haven't been able to form a union. They haven't been able to kind of come together and fight back against the UFC. And I think it's more the UFC setting fighters against each other to continue to keep their pay as low as possible. Yeah, that's a good point. There we go. All right. So we talked about this earlier. We talked about pride fighting and there, there seems to be some of you out there who've never seen it. (laughs) Uh, But what I would encourage you all to do is to go watch Gabriel's favorite pride fight of all time, Dan Fry versus Takayama. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Isn't that right, Gabriel? Uh, 100% every person needs to see this fight. (laughs) Make sure you are mentally prepared to watch this fight and make sure your stomach is okay. I still get weak in the stomach watching this fight. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> well, one more, one more, one more for Gabe before we wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dan Hooker on Instagram said that he wants Tony Ferguson. Would would you give him that fight? Um, no, I would give Poirier that fight to Ferguson. I would give that option first if, for whatever reason, Poirier doesn't want it, or for whatever reason, Ferguson doesn't want it. Then that would be my second option. Do you think Poirier can get it done against Ferguson? Mm-mm. That's a tough one, huh? That's kind of tough to call. It is a tough call. Um, I'm going to say he – I'm going to give Tony the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to say the double weight cut really hurt him for the Gaethje fight, and that's what the issue was. Um, but if Ferguson looks like how he did against Gaethje going into a, in a fight with Poirier, then I'm going to say maybe – Ferguson's time had passed. But without seeing that, I'm going to say Ferguson wins, giving him the benefit of the doubt, saying the double weight cut is what really hurt him. Fair enough. All right, gentlemen. That's it for the night. This is the Opinionated Podcast. Thank you again for Gabriel coming on, uh, Chief Wiggum, and and dropping knowledge. We appreciate it. Uh, Let us hear your opinions, and this is ours. All right, have a good night, everyone.